Something that's really important to Tamarindo is to elevate Latinx voices, including in the podcast space. And we want you to be with us. This is why we are hosting a podcasting workshop on July 23rd from 6 to 8 p.m. in Los Angeles. As a listener of Tamarindo, you can use the code MATRACA to save 30% off your tickets, which are only $18. During this interactive and engaging workshop, you learn about creating great content, growing your audience, and how to monetize your podcast. You'll also receive technical tips from Unsound Engineer producer Jeff, who has over 15 years of experience, including podcast production. The goal of this workshop is for you to walk away with everything that you need to start your podcast today. Yes. Once again, the offer code is Matraca and the workshop is July 23rd at 6 p.m. in Los Angeles. You can reserve your ticket at tamarindopodcast.com. This is Tamarindo Podcast. I'm Brenda Gonzalez. And I'm Ana Sheila Victorino. This is the Latinx podcast where we discuss politics, pop culture, and how to balance it all con calma. Welcome to the show. On this episode of Tamarindo, we talk about what is at stake when it comes to reproductive rights. We feature Danielle Perez, stand-up comedian, writer, and actress who's leveraging her platform to protect abortion access. And also, I want to take this opportunity to tell you a special announcement that for our live event and Tamarindo podcast workshop happening July 23rd, we actually have a special guest confirmed. It's going to be Danielle Hernandez, who's editor of LA Taco. So make sure you get your tickets today. Look in the link in the description or at tamarindopodcast.com. All right, let's get on with the show. Hello, Tamarindo Podcast listeners. We're so glad that you are back to listen to us. We are going to have a special guest later today, which of course you heard a little bit about that. We're going to have um, Danielle Perez and we're going to talk to her. But before we get into that, Ana Sheila and I are going to catch up. So Ana Sheila, what is new with you? What is new? What have you so, been up to? Uh, last night I was actually a guest on the Hoops Talking podcast. And if, and if you haven't heard about this podcast... It's the only all-female hoops podcast that I know of, and it's hosted by Liz and Karen, and I just had a blast. It was their first live show, and it was so much fun. And by hoops, they mean basketball? Oh, yes, basketball. Whee! Yeah, and if, if you, y'all don't know, I'm like a big basketball fan, so the chance to talk all basketball for an hour and a half was like... Can, you know, where do I sign up? So I had so much fun. And thank you so much, Brenda, for, you know, putting me on I was like, this them. has got to be your jam. Like, uh, ladies talking basketball on a podcast. Ana Sheila needs to be on that mm-hmm. show. And you know what? We did it, right? How fun. <laughs> yeah, but just super inclusive and good vibes. And it's so great just to have that platform. Very cool. We'll know? put the link to that specific episode in our show notes so yep. everybody can catch it and share it. We love that. That's very cool. ¿Y qué pasa contigo, Brenda? Well, what is new with me? As listeners of the show have heard, uh, I've been grappling with the stress of the news because it's it's heavy, y'all. It's very, very heavy. And one thing, this isn't necessarily good news. This is more bad news, but hopefully it leads to some of you. Um, I know that the people listening on the show are already taking action, but just a reminder to continue at it. So really quickly, I want to tell you another list of horrors, because last week, we t- or not last week, but last episode you heard a list of some of the immigration hor- horrors, which of course continue. But something else that I want to make sure that we don't lose sight of, as if we need more to not lose sight of, <laughs> 
is that the other thing that's at stake if we are not taking action and registering people to vote and calling our representatives and letting Republicans win. Let them know, Brenda. Yes, is that we have we run the risk of of having Roe v. Wade that protects a woman's right to choose go away because that this administration has done a lot of work to pack courts. We already know freaking Kavanaugh, who's a piece of crap, is on the Supreme Court only for the, for the sole purpose to to have a role in killing Roe v. Wade. So what we're, what the, according to the National Organization for Women, or now, according to them, we are in the midst of a well-funded extremist agenda to reassure control over women's bodies. And I don't have to tell any of you all this. I know that you know. And I'm talking about it because, A, it's on my mind, and B, it's also something that our guest is going to reference. And so I wanted to have a moment for us to just reflect and remember that this is something else that is at stake is uh, our liberties, our ability and access to to safe and legal abortions. And if you follow our Instagram, I've already shared and I'll share for our listeners that don't follow us on Instagram. I think this is a really, it's an important right for all people to have access to a safe place to have an abortion. And I most definitely if I was pregnant today, I would 100% seek an abortion. It's not something that I want for my life. And I think everyone should have that access. I happen to live in California. I happen to have access to medical insurance. And even if I didn't, I think I can come up with the money that's necessary to get an abortion. But where I live and the job that I have should not be dictating my ability to access that. And what I love about Danielle, when you'll hear from her, is that she talks a little bit about why access is so important. But uh, I know I went on a big rant, but this is another thing that's producing yes. anxiety for me, Anna Shalo. How do I deal with this? Yes. So, Brenda, first, what can we what can we do? Oh, what can people do? Actually, I looked up some great tips that folks can do right now. Again, this is from from now. I mean, there's a lot of great organizations, but the National Organization for Women has a really great little five ways to help protect abortion rights. So, a couple of things that I want to share with you. One is you can actually become a clinic. Clinic escort. I think that's fantastic. And I should really take my volunteerism to the next to the next step. That means that you can be holding someone's hand, be there with them when they're doing something that's really difficult for folks. Of course, any medical procedure produces anxiety. Much mm-hmm. more when it's at a place where there could be pro people protesting. Yeah. Maybe you have to do it in secret from your family. So that is a one way that you can certainly volunteer your time in a meaningful way. You can also protect abortion pills. So educate yourself about the use of abortion pills in this country and find out where, where are there are places where access to these abortion pills are not happening and how can you make sure that that's something that folks have access to you can write about it and by write about it we don't mean journaling but that's going to be another strategy we're going to go into but actually write your representatives and let them know like this is you want to if you value choice and you want folks to know that even though even your progressive leaders let them know hey you're doing a great job thanks for fighting for me even write them for the positive things if you happen to be from a progressive state where your representatives are doing a good job here's something that i didn't know until i prepared a little bit for this part of, of this episode is that you can that local elections matter and and you might think like local elections matter for choice they do well actually they do mm. which i didn't know this yeah, is news I didn't to know me that either, so. so isn't that fantastic yeah, like I what i thought i was I, here i am thinking yeah. i'm a progressive warrior and i didn't know this mm-hmm. so here's why 
So your state legislators and even city councils have enormous power over abortion rights. And as noted in the New York Times, the makeup of your city council can also matter a great deal. Decisions about zoning, that's where it comes up, zoning, ah, okay. and even, even noise ordinance can make the difference between clinics staying open or being forced to close. That is how fucking wow. creative these people are, that they'll maybe say, this abortion clinic is too loud, or they're pro- protesting. You know, it's just like... The lengths in which people go to to take rights away from others is incredible. So even local elections, vote, vote, vote every single time, even those local elections. And then one more thing, don't end the conversation. Contact your state and national policymakers and demand that they support women's reproductive freedoms and stop unnecessary and unconstitutional restrictions on abortion care. So all of those things are things you could do and study up on what the candidates are doing to protect your right to choose. And maybe don't even think about your right. What about the right of someone in a state where they don't have access mm-hmm. to clinics or or they don't have resources to access something that, that we can easily here in California or that you, you might be able to access if you're privileged enough? So there is my... Uh, my rant. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that, Brenda, because I think that in light of the tough news, it's really helpful to have real ways that you can have an impact. And, and I think that that's one way that we can feel a little bit better about what's going on, right? That we don't thank feel you. completely powerless because we're not. Yes, thank And um, even, you can't tell listeners, maybe you can if you're here, but it's literally making me anxious even talking about it. Yeah. Like I'm really like, Yeah, oh! Brenda's feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know so, all of you can can feel that. So do you have some ideas on how? Yeah, so on that note, we so last episode we talked a little bit about how journaling is a tool that you can use to deal with the stress and anxiety caused by our current environment and, and the news cycle, right? So what we wanted to do today as part of our, our Calma moment is to go a little bit deeper into the power of journaling and how you can actually start journaling. Because, you know, the toughest thing is really creating new habits. And so we want to maybe talk a little bit more about this so we can help listeners that might be having a hard time journaling. I love it. But before we do all that, we have a commercial. Did you know 75% of doctor's visits are for chronic stress symptoms? Many of us just keep working through the unhealthy levels of stress, even though it's literally making us sick. Luckily, Baskin Being is on a mission to reduce stress and increase joy at work and at home. Our stress management coaching and consulting services teach our gente how to recognize, relieve, and reduce stress for the long haul. We are offering Tamarindo listeners a free 30-minute stress consultation, where we teach you a strategy to relieve and start to reduce the stress in your life. Just go to our link in bio on Tamarindo and select de-stress to sign up. You can also find out more about us at baskinbeing.com and that's spelled B-A-S-K-A-N-D-B-E-I-N-G. Once again, that's a free stress consultation for Tamarindo listeners. You just go to our Instagram at Tamarindo Podcast. And this offer from Baskin Being is for a limited time, so sign up today. And we're back. So tell me more about journaling. Yes. Well, before we get into that, by the way, for the listeners that don't know, I Baskin Being is the, the startup that I'm the co-founder of. So just, uh, want, yes. you know, just give it a little bit shout out. I love that. It's so fantastic. We mentioned that you are a founder of a wellness company. Now you know. It's Baskin Bask Being. being. <laughs> so, okay. So getting back to journaling. So 
the first thing I want to share is like how beneficial journaling is. So before we get into how you get started. So it has been, it, studies have shown that it can reduce your stress and improve your mood. It can improve your immune function. It can strengthen your emotional functions and it can actually uh, keep your memory sharp and your, and your brain just, it act, basically it helps you uh, access more of your brain because you start engaging more of your right side by doing journaling. That's fascinating. I was like, immune system, you got what? That's amazing. That's a definitely right? a benefit I did not know about. Right, well, because we know that reducing your stress and having a lower stress level, uh, actually, when you have a lot of stress, it actually impairs your immune system. What? So by journaling, you're reducing your stress and therefore you're actually improving your immune system. Love it. Right? I love it. Okay, so what do you need to start journaling? Really easy, a pencil and any type of paper. It can be a notebook. I want, definitely want to recommend doing something writing by hand because studies have actually shown that doing, but doing that can improve the positive effects. So no journaling. live journaling, no blogging, actually pen and paper. Yes. And so literally you can grab any old notebook that you have around the house, but if it's something that, that you struggle with starting, I would recommend maybe even going out and buying like a journal that is really beautiful to you so that like when you look at the journal, you get excited I about picking that. it up and writing. Okay, so next, how do you start creating the habit of journaling, right? Because like I, we talked about, it's really hard to create a new habit. So one thing that you want to do is do little things that can help create that routine and eliminate any barriers that you have to starting the habit of journaling. So one thing that I found helpful, because journaling is also something that I haven't been doing for all that long. And so I had to, I'm still working on, you know, keeping the habit as much as I can. So one thing you can do, for example, is... Say that you're going to journal in your bedroom. So take your journal into your bedroom, keep it, you know, bedside table. And then if you can, keep your phone outside of the bedroom. Oh, I love that's a strategy that I've already started is the bedroom is charged in a different room. So this is helpful even for for the journaling? Yes. Cool. So that way, you know, if you're like, when am I going to journal? You could try doing it in the morning when you first wake up. And so the journal's right by your bed. And so when you wake up, you're like, okay, it's time for me to journal. And you don't, and you don't have your phone in your room, so you're not kind of like, you know, giving into the temptation of checking your phone first. Ooh. The thing right by you is that journal, so how, how you're, you're increasing, you? you're increasing your chances of actually doing it, right? Because like, it's yes. right there, right? I'm sure every listener is like, the first thing I do when I get up is look at my phone. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I like this. Look at your journal instead. Yeah, exactly. And then the other thing is like, if you want to strat, if you want to journal at different times, bringing the note your journal with you in your backpack or purse so that you have it on you. For times where, you know, you might be in the middle of something. You're like, oh, this is a good time to journal. So having it on you is also a good strategy to kind of help you do it, right? That's good. So when you're shopping for your journal, maybe keep that in mind. Like mm-hmm. keep, make it small that, or Yeah, that's light. very portable, right? Mm-hmm. So now when to journal, literally anytime, because it can be helpful at any time, but recommended times, I would say, is in a moment where you're feeling really stressed. That's, that's a good time to take out your journal instead of reading one more you know, article about what's going on. <laughs> instead... Take out your journal and say, okay, let me actually write down the, the thoughts and feelings that I'm having around this so I can at least release them into this journal. And it can actually, and actually just releasing those thoughts into that journal helps your brain actually process those emotions better. So the intensity of the emotions um, is not so intense when you actually let them out. Your brain can actually navigate that a little mm, bit better. I need this because this is also anger management. <laughs> That's great. Right. So now, 
you've got your notebook, you've eliminated a lot of your barriers. So now the next thing is like the process of actually writing, right? So a lot of us suffer from perfectionist tendencies. I am patient number zero. So a lot of times- (laughs) For sure. I know, I can attest to this. (laughs) So a lot of times I don't want to do something if I don't think I'm going to be good at it. And that's really held me back for a long time because it means that I didn't try things and get better at them because like, I don't want to do this if I'm not good at it. So for journaling, you have to let go of that. You just want to- so what you want to remember is that no one is going to read this journal but you. And if that's even in, and if you judge yourself, right? So there aren't going to be, there aren't people that are going to be judging what you're writing, right? But the next thing is like you judge yourself, right? So then also remind yourself you don't even have to read it again. So now you're, no one's reading it, you're not reading it. There's no judgment that you can pass on on what you're reading. Does that does that make sense? I no, I like that. I think reminding yourself it's only for you. And that the benefits happen as soon as you write it down. So you don't have to read it right. for it to be beneficial. Right. Okay, so cool. the next thing is like what, you know, you're struggling to, what to write. If you're not used to writing, you're like, what, what am I going to write? So again, let go of like thinking about, wow, it needs to be some amazing thing. Literally, if you can't think of what to write, write, literally write, I don't have anything to write. And oh that strategy, I read that somewhere. And that strategy helped me kind of relieve that. Like, oh, I have to have something good to write. I, I just knowing that having having that freedom that it didn't have to be anything special helped me that's get an exercise in and of itself right the no judgment the right yeah so knowing that and then uh, an easy way to start if you don't know what to write is, is doing gra- gratitude journaling so just literally writing what are things that you're really grateful for today or what are things or even things what are things that just made you smile today so if you can't think of anything else to write that's something you can start with and actually thinking back to those Things that happen during the, your day immediately improves your mood because you know you kind of smile in your head again and remembering those little things. I love that. I yeah. love that. And then just you know you don't have to write a bunch of pages. Just start. It, you can just try to commit to writing you know one page three times a week or something like that. So just set small little pasitos and goals so that you're not really bummed out if you if you don't you know meet those goals. So kind of easy, manageable, low pressure goals to get you in the habit. And the last thing that can kind of help with that getting in the habit is having an accountability partner. So I want to ask Brenda to make this a little reto. And mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. do you think, Brenda? I'm, I am down to make this calma moment into a reto. Great. So then what we, me and Brenda are going to agree on, what we think is a manageable uh, amount of journaling that we're going to do over the next week. And, and we'll kinda, we can both kind of pick whatever makes sense for, for, for each of us. Okay. Well, I think we should do this right here live on, well, it's not live because it's a podcast, but let's do it right now. I mean, right. what do you think you can commit to in a week? So how about we say that we will journal three days this upcoming week. Okay, three what days. Do you, what do you think? Do you I think, think that's totally... You, you want to go, you want to go four? You I was go thinking five? I might even try the gratitude thing daily, but let's... Okay, yeah, let's, you know what? You let's... Want to do it? Okay, yeah, let's do I'm it. Do, so, you're hearing it here, everybody, and we will we will report on it on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> okay. so literally, if, if you don't have time for anything else with your journaling, we are just going to do three to five things that we are grateful for or that made us smile every day for the next week. I love that. So that's awesome. the calma moment. It's a calma moment and a reto. Okay, calma moment slash reto brought to you by Baskin Being. <laughs> um, fantastic, fantastic. Something I do every day is walk to La Monarca Bakery in my neighborhood to enjoy Café de Olla featuring custom Mexican spice coffee mixed over years to come to the perfect balance of delicious spices, brown sugar, and organic Oaxacan dark roast coffee. 
Since meaningful time with friends is an important part of self-care, can we suggest a different type of happy hour? You can enjoy buy one, get one happy hour food and pastries at La Monarca Bakery Monday through Friday from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. at any of their 12 locations. And you can go to lamonarca.com to find the location nearest you. Yes, enjoy their Mexican authentic scratch-made products in L.A. today. And if you're joining us on our live event July 23rd, we will feature delicious pan dulce and other goodies from La Monarca Bakery. Not in L.A.? Check out the many products La Monarca has for shipping on their website. That is lamonarca.com. And that is spelled L-A-M-O-N-A-R-C-A.com. La Monarca Bakery. Delicious. Well, speaking of something that I'm grateful for, I am very grateful for our guest, who you are going to hear about just now. She's a comedian. She, what I think, what I mean, there's so many things that are exciting about Danielle Perez, who you're going to hear about in just a minute. But I, I also I really appreciate her today. I would write it in my gratitude journal. I appreciate Danielle because she uses her platform for activism. So she's a comedian and she's using her platform for activism. And you're going to hear about it in just a sec. We are so delighted to introduce our guest to you all. Danielle Perez is a stand-up comedian, writer, and actress best known as the woman in a wheelchair with no feet who won a treadmill on The Price is Right. We met Danielle at a Tamarindo event earlier this year centered around a favorite pastime we all share, brunching. Let's hear a recent clip from this hilarious mujer. I am Latina, black Tina if you're insufferable. And <laughs> white people are fun. Uh, White people, they just think that I'm a very safe person to run all their casual racism by because I enjoy Wes Anderson films and I brunch. I love to brunch. It's a passion. It's a joy of mine. And we're here in Los Feliz. I don't have to tell you that it's just a sacred meal that's shared and enjoyed by straight women and homosexual men where we bond over our shared love of wide-brim hats and dick. All right. That was fantastic. Thank you so much for being at Tamarindo, first of all. Thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you. And uh, first question I have for you is, you know, we often talk about Latinx representation. You know, we like to talk about that a lot here on Tamarindo. And, you know, many times when there's conversations about, quote unquote, diversity, I think even if we're talking about the Latinx space in that, even when we're just talking about Latinx representation, I think there's always an opportunity to delve a little bit deeper in the many experiences and ways that we navigate this world as Latinx people. So in comedy, you're, you're center stage. And so for listeners, can you describe yourself and how you're breaking barriers in the comedy space just by who you are? Oh my God, that sounds, that sounds, I'm like, tell pushy jokes. And so <laughs> sounds like I'm doing very important work. I think you are, it's hilarious. <laughs> no, it is cool because when you do stand up, you are on stage and you are in control of the room, right? Like you have the microphone, you get to control the narrative about who you are and what's funny and what people are laughing at, right? It's not, you're not laughing at me, you're laughing with me. And as a Latina woman, right? Afro-Latina woman who's disabled, who's fat. You just don't get to see that a lot and hear perspective from my angle. So when I'm on stage and I'm able to share my story and tell jokes about my life, that that makes my experience relatable and accessible to people. And it just like humanizes my experience. Wonderful. I love that. So we like to think of ourselves as on the show, on Tamarindo, as champions of inclusivity, as I'm sure many of our listeners do. 
but there's always work that we can do and privilege that we can check ourselves on. So to that, to that <laughs> point, right, um, what are ways that progressives can show up better for folks with disabilities? I think um, the way that progressives can show up for people with disabilities is demanding accessibility from the spaces that they frequent. You like going to this cute coffee shop or this cute boutique or these fun outdoor events. You need to ask the people that own these spaces and that are putting these events on, where is the accessibility? My friend is disabled and can't walk or uses a wheelchair or is hard of hearing or is vision impaired. How are they able to, to frankly, give you money, right, <laughs> to patronize your spaces? Because when it comes from disabled people, it's often seen as we're asking for too much. We're asking for an extra special accommodation instead of just basic access. But when it comes from non-disabled people, all of a sudden it's taken seriously. All of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, people are, are really, I didn't realize it was such a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. And before, disabled people couldn't even get inside, right? And now, now that you have a non-disabled person in your space telling you what's up, then maybe you'll take you'll take it seriously. But that's truly what I need and what disabled people need is I need non-disabled people speaking up and demanding ex- access from the places and spaces around them. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. And I think it's a mental checklist that we have to make. And one of the things I get to do in my work is a lot of event planning. And it's become now like, is this going to be an accessible space? We're going to have that shuttle, but is it accessible? And and thinking about that. Um, so thanks for, for highlighting that. And then I'll just add one more thing. It, you know, we're living in Los Angeles and something that's coming up in a lot of these major cities is these uh, these little like... Uh, the bird the scooter. Birds. Those things are so dumb. Yes. And I think <laughs> thinking about like people are annoyed with them, period. But when you're thinking about accessibility and how they block the sidewalk... They block the sidewalk. They block thoroughways. It's like that's a hazard to people that use mobility aids. It's not just people who are in wheelchairs, but people who use crutches, people who are blind. You know, it's, I hate those birds. (laughs) I'm like, go bird watching. Don't be on a bird. What? What? Um, that's hilarious. So I, we have a, another question for you. Um, we, we've come to know you. You came to our, one of our events, and now we, we've seen you on, on social media. You know, with this administration that seems to be hell-bent on killing Roe v. Wade, aye, aye, aye. you recently posted a really compelling image on Instagram on the topic of abortion rights. I want you to, if you can, describe that post for our listeners, and can you tell us why you posted it? Sure. Um, so... The Alabama bill um, was voted into law effectively, you know, banning abortion, excluding exemptions like, you know, no, no exemptions for rape, no exemptions for incest by like 25 straight old white men. (laughs) It's just so upsetting. Um, Just it really that was just really painful to see. and to know that that women in this country, you know, have this choice, basically just that they have no recourse over what they can do with their own bodies. It's And also, too, when you've been sexually assaulted, right, your freedom has been taken away, your agency has been taken away. And then to, if you are preg- get pregnant by that, then have it be taken away again by this legislative body, 
that doesn't know you and and doesn't know your life. It's so insulting and so degrading. So it just made me really, really mad. And then that week I noticed, I started thinking about my own abortion because I had an abortion um, when I was 30 and I live in Los Angeles and I was able to afford it. You know, I was able to be supported by my friends. You know, it wasn't a big deal for me. I didn't have to jump through all of these hoops, but I went through my old calendar on my phone and I realized that it was literally like five years ago, like on the day that I had my abortion. And so I posted a screenshot of the, my calendar that showed like my abortion appointment and then like dinner with girls later <laughs> and a friend's birthday party after because it's like abortion is healthcare. It's not this traumatic thing, you know, it's it's a medical procedure, right? Like it's safer than pregnancy, frankly. Like we know all of this. There's so much misinformation spread by people who want to take away um you know, abortion access, but it, it just, it's frustrating because I don't mind being like open about my abortion and what I've been through. I'm, you know what I mean? I've lived my life and I choose my choices, but it's frustrating that when these laws come out and people restrict abortion access, we have to trot out our stories to like humanize you know, the face of abortion. Like, you know a woman who's had an abortion. You know, it's one in four women. You know what? Like, can't you just trust that? Like, but we have to, we have to trot out the stories and, and you know, make it, make, make it seem like, oh, but I know her and I like her. So I guess maybe it's not so bad. It's just, it's such bullshit and I hate it. Um, and it just, I just get very angry <laughs> And sad with all that's happening from this current administration just in general. Um, and so I shared that and I, I I don't know. I just hope that, you know, for someone it made them rethink what's going on or made them donate to Yellowhammer Fund or something. You know what I mean? Just do something. Like I don't, it's so hard. You feel very helpless and like you can't do anything because there's so much against you because it's a fucking machine, you know, it's like a political industrial complex. So it just felt like something I could do. Yeah. Can you t- actually tell us a little bit about this yellow hammer? Cause I think it's oh, always good to have people sure. so, learn about new places. they could Definitely. Support. So Planned Parenthood, obviously like everyone knows about Planned Parenthood and yes, they need your money. It's important. They're abortion and healthcare providers, but in a lot of these like very like, rural kind of smaller states like Missouri or Alabama, they only have, like, there's only one abortion provider in Mississippi. In Alabama, I think it's maybe two or three. So that's why these laws are so detrimental to women's health, because if there's only three in a state, how far do women have to travel? That's time away from work. That's also money they're losing from work. That's finding someone to drive them or take them. And then if you have this bullshit law that like, oh, you got to wait a week or you got to come back or you got to go and get a paper signed by the court so you can come back or, oh, you know, we're banning it after six weeks. It's like you, you make people jump through all of these hoops. You're effectively taking away their options. 
So um, Alabama has um, this nonprofit called the Yellow Hammer Fund, and they help women who are seeking abortion. So whether that be putting them up in a place like nearby the abortion um, facility or um, getting them, you know, resources to get an abortion, right, pay for it or travel to it, Yellowhammer Fund does all of that. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Danielle. And it's actually a really good segue into our next section, um, our have you have you heard of our have you heard our episodes and heard of basuras oh, and matraca? CC. <laughs> so we like to ask all of our guests on Tamarindo what they think goes into the basura. So this can be a person, place, concept, feeling. So you know we, you've we've already had a few basuras that we could mention, but is there anything else you know this week that you would like to throw into the basura? Oh my God, this week going into the basura. Um. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> I feel like I've already talked about inaccessibility and people t- trying to take away abortion rights. I think, you know what goes in the basura? Um, self-doubt, you know? Love it. I just, Tell us about that. I just got back from doing shows in New York, and I had a good time despite it being such a nightmare of a city <laughs> to get around. Mm-hmm. Um but it just felt good to do comedy and be like, I'm good at this and this is fun and I'm making people laugh and the self-doubt needs to go in the basura. There's nothing to do but to do it. And I feel like living in Los Angeles and pursuing something like comedy or, or anything in entertainment, you get, there's so many no's. <laughs> it's mostly no's, you know? Um, but you just have to keep going and the reward is that you get to be seen and that's cool. Yeah. That's so, that's so beautiful. Yes, basura to self-doubt, but also I love that you've turned that into a really positive thing. Um, jump, continuing on the positive thing, something else we do here on Tamarindo is that we, we allow our guests to also give a shout-out. Like, what's, what's going great? What's fantastic? And we'll play, we'll play a little sound when, <laughs> when you tell us what it is that's For the fantastic, out, that you love. Oh, my God, what I love right now. Oh, I'm loving all the plus-size swimwear that's happening right now. Hey. I'm excited. I know it's really Ooh. fun. Outside. <laughs> I'm going to do one of these. Yeah, I know. It's a, it, we're looking at Danielle's beautiful windows outside and into a beautiful scene, but it's also super cloudy. Yeah, it's LA. like the marine layer hasn't burned off yet. I don't know if it will today at all. We're nowhere near the ocean right now, but still. still but I'm a, I'm a fat bitch. I'm a thick bitch, you know? So I stay, you know, in Torrid in Gabby Fresh swimwear, and I'm really excited for summer and to just be fat and look cute and wear cute bathing suits and you know I finally feel like they're getting the memo designers and clothing companies that we want to be cute we want to wear bright colors we want to have fun and so I'm shout out to shout out to that Shout out to that. I love that. Thank you so much for being our guest. It was so much fun. Thank you for having me. Oh, it was so great to have Danielle Perez. And if you want to keep up with her, you have to go to thedaniellepérez.com or you can follow her on Instagram at Diva Deluxe, at Diva Deluxe on Instagram. Danielle Perez. So much fun. Wasn't she a so joy? So much fun. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. <laughs> we have an announcement for you all. 
Uh, we are actually going to take a short break. We're going to take a short break. I hope that you have enjoyed hearing Ana Sheila. If you're new to Tamarindo, I hope you've enjoyed us and you've written us notes. And we're so happy that you're here listening to our voices. Ana Sheila, what are you going to do during this short break? So I'm actually so excited about this. I'm actually going to go to Mexico to a small town near Puerto Vallarta. Oh my God, it sounds Yeah, amazing. and I'm just going to spend like an extended period of time there just really focusing on myself. There's been a lot of classes that I've been wanting to do and some self-work that I've wanted to do for so long. And right now is just the perfect time to do that. So How oh, exciting. Yeah, and also I just really want to work on my Spanish too. So I'm really excited uh-huh. about that. So I feel like it's pretty advanced, but you know what I like? It can, it can get to the next level. So that's part of what I'm really excited about is just really feeling like I'm, you know, I'm from Mexico, but I grew up mostly here. So kind of feeling like I'm in Mexico, you know, being Mexican and just, it's, you know, it'll be a different, a different experience than I've had just vacationing for a week or two, you know? So exciting. I, I'm so happy for you. I, I want to trade places with you. No, actually, you know what? I just want to join you because it sounds so much fun. I'm trying to get her to come <gasps> out, you guys. Ah, if, you, yeah. if, you, if you keep liking Tamarindo, maybe we'll have enough money where I can just go and join you. That sounds great. Well, what I'm going to do during my break is I am going to be really busy planning. Well, not planning. I mean, I'm not the only one in charge. There's a gazillion people in charge. But you all know that I spend my time at Unidos US, which is a national Latino civil rights organization. And we have a huge conference. This is August 3rd through the 6th in San Diego at the San Diego Convention Center. And it's amazing. It's like the largest gathering of Latino leaders from all over the country. And one of the things that Unidos is doing is they're having a presidential forum, which I'm super excited because some of the candidates are going to be there to engage with the Latino community. It's fantastic. And I want all of you are listening, are invited to go. If you go to Unidos us.org and go to the events page. You can learn all about conference and just some things that you'll get to do is that you'll connect with and learn from 3,000 community, political, and business leaders. You'll be inspired by speakers, including me, that will help you connect purpose to your professional experience. You'll bring back to your community, organization, or company inspiring stories from Latino leaders in America today. So again, unidosus.org. Come to the conference, August 3rd through the 6th, San Diego. And we will be back in the fall. So share this episode, write us a review. Any messages for our listeners? Can I give a, a, a... Uh, double matraca. Yes, double so matraca. One, yeah, one I give, want to give a matraca to Brenda. Actually. Ah, thank you. You know what, Ana Sheila? If you go right over there, the matraca is right behind you. Ooh. It's the loud one, so away from the mics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a really loud matraca. <laughs> So yeah, Brenda, just want to thank you for, you know, inviting me on this podcast. It's been an amazing experience so far. And what you've been able to do with this podcast is so inspiring to me. Like you're such a badass. With I don't you, think she even you, realizes. I'm, with you, Ana Sheila. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. So I've been loving it. And also Matraca to our fans for just, you know, growing with us from what Brenda originally created in the evolution and all of those OG listeners. Thank you so much. We want to we want you to know that we love you and let us know, you know, reach out to us via, via email or Instagram and just, you know, let us know what you're loving, what you want to see more of. We just want to keep doing this for you and, you know, keep growing and, and getting better. So, yes, exactly. All of that. We love you. And I know it's summer, but Bye. Bye. 
Tamarindo Podcast is independently produced by Brenda Gonzalez and Ana Sheila Victorino with sound engineering by Jeff DeVoe. If you were a fan of the show, we hope you will rate and review Tamarindo on Apple Podcasts or share Tamarindo Podcast with a friend. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us on the gram at Tamarindo Podcast or on Twitter at TamarindoCast and find us at TamarindoPodcast.com. Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa. Eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI, FPEI, 220099 When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.